Welcome to Elemental Talks, the podcast that connects marketing, design and development experts to help you build better websites. Oded Ezer is a graphic artist and typographer based in Tel Aviv. In 2000, Oded founded his independent studio where he specializes in typographic and font design. He's best known for his typographic design fiction projects such as Biotypography, Typosperma, Typoplastic Surgeries and more recently for his series of eight typographic videos created for the Victoria and Albert Museum in London. In our podcast, Odette describes the work of a typographer, explains how to choose the right font for your website and tries to forecast the future of typography. Welcome to another episode of Elementor Talks. I'm Ben and with me is Matan. Hi, Ben. And our guest today is Oded Ezer. Oded, welcome to the show. Hi, Ben and Matan. I'm happy to be here. So, Oded, um, besides working with us, which we're going to talk about later in our podcast, uh, you are actually considered in Israel to be, and uh, around the world, considered to be a super typographer. design fiction hero, some said, or wrote about you, and master of inventive lettering. In other words, we can say that you really you lead the world of uh, typography design in Israel, in Western Europe, and so on. That would be correct? One of many. <laughs> and you're also a senior lecturer in different uh, institutions in, uh, in HIT in Israel. And in Milano, I've seen, uh, I've read. I've been a visiting uh, lecturer there. So, but tell us something that is really intriguing to us. You started as, uh, you started in Bezalel School, which in Israel is considered to be the leading institute for uh, design studies. But before that, you were a musician. You lived in the desert and stuff like that. So you, you had to... look for your career path for a long time before actually reaching that point? Most of my uh, youth, I played the guitar. So I was uh, deeply involved in music. But uh, after I finished my high school, I went to the army. And in this time, I rethinked about what, what I want to do in life. And I really loved uh, the area of design, and especially graphic design and specifically typography. So... I went to Bezalel to study, and after four years, I graduated uh, from there. And, and then I just uh, started working, uh, first as an employee uh, for two years in different uh, uh, studios. And then I opened my own uh, business, which is uh, called Oded Eze Typography. Two years later, uh, or three years later maybe, I opened uh, my type foundry, which is called uh, HebrewTypography.com. So let's, uh, that was in the early 2000, right? Yep. Okay, so how could you work for two years as an employee and already feel confident enough to start your own business and choosing a real specific niche within the design world? I don't think I was confident, but I think I was slightly frustrated from the situation in a design market in Israel. Then, and I thought that if I would work for myself, I might have the chance to change things. As an employee, it's harder to do. So uh, I just decided one day to open my own place. I didn't have 
any customers, any clients. And it took uh, quite a few months until the first one appeared and the rest is history. And uh, so typography is a huge topic, but what does a typographer do? Like what kind of project does he do? I would say when you started, what, what uh, did he do and what does a typographer look like today? Very complicated uh, question. First, a typographer works with letters, basically. There are a few levels of, of working with letters, uh, starting from the very basic of designing the letters themselves, like designing fonts, which I do. And then uh, the, all this area of arranging type within a certain format, let's say in a website or a book or so on. And then there are more aspects to it that I'm deeply involved in, like uh, experimental works and ar- even artistic works that everything is around letters. So it's, it's a very vast area. You can choose wh- wh- wherever aspect of it is really interesting for you. And because I'm really kind of in love with letters, so it doesn't matter to me in which angle I work with it. And also, it doesn't matter to me really whether it is in Hebrew, Latin, Arabic, Chinese, and so on, because typography is a language. Um, by the way, just a question that pops in mind, Do you like reading? <laughs> you say that you love letters, so yeah. I, I'm thinking whether it's also connected to reading and or writing. You must like reading if you are deeply involved in typography, but there are two phases to it. First, I do something that most people don't do. When I open a book, for instance, I, I usually just stare at the type. I mean, it's something that I can't resist. And then, of course, I want to read, I want the content. But yes, it's it, it always on these two levels. It always uh, starts with uh, shapes and then goes to the content or the opposite, starts with the content and goes to the shape. I'm, you know, I've started as, uh, besides playing the guitar, I, I wrote uh, songs and from there I moved to poetry. It's like pure poetry without music. So I had this phase of dealing with the content as a pure subject without thinking about the type. Uh, so it's, it's kind of a, a round topic that you have the content from one side, you have the, the visual appearance from the other side, and you have to you go back and forth within these two aspects. Is there a difference between a typography? I mean, I'm sure there is a difference, but is it a, a different approach for typography in print as opposed to web design or other mediums? Well, I think it's, there, there, there are uh, some similarities and there are some different, uh, different aspects uh, to the, these two appearances of type. Of course, when we deal with print, uh, we don't deal with aspects like motion, And the behavior of screen that we have to consider when we design for the internet, for instance, or for television. When we open a website, it's completely different from opening a book. And there are a lot of uh, aspects that uh, we have to think about when we decide to these two very different platforms. But saying this, I must say that there are some fundamental aspects for typography that are similar everywhere. 
like the, all this area of thinking about the mood that you want the reader to be when he or she reads the type, this is something that is universal. Or if we're speaking about uh, certain genres in type design, that is, you can find it either on the web or screen or in print. So there are subjects that are uh, similar, there are subjects that are completely different. Let's say that I'm a, a, a novice web designer or, you know, a web creator. I'm not, I, I don't have the experience or I didn't... I don't know kerneling and all those... Uh... I haven't studied like three years of uh, design, but I want to build websites. I want to build a landing page. Right. How should I choose the font? Well, this is a kind of a million dollars uh, question. A lot of designers are struggling with this issue. But I think it's, it's, it's quite, should I say, simple issue when you think about something slightly different. When you think about the values that you want to transfer to the reader or the, or the user. When we talk about values, we talk about words that you can describe the feel that you want to achieve. It's, like, it's, it's similar to describing a person that we've just met now. I mean, you shake hands and you suddenly see that this person is um, very light. He's not heavy or a person that you just spoke with and he's full of humor. So these are values that we can apply to our font. Because usually when you open a website and you start reading, you have the visual, but you also have the type and the type can carry those values and transfer them to the user without him or her even know that. And this is a, a, a fantastic subject. I mean, this is how I suggest uh, designers to start to think about which font is suitable for their design right now. Let's say if we want to design a website for children, but these are children uh, in certain age, let's say 10 to 12. And we, when we think about our this audience, uh, we can think about certain words that can describe this audience. Let's say they are smart, but they are light. They don't like a lot of heavy stuff or something like this. So these are actually kind of, it's a description that we can use in order to find the right font. So I would straight ahead look for a font that will actually demonstrate those values. And it's quite easy. You have to scroll down all the fonts that you have. Or if you go to Google Fonts, for instance, you just scan all the fonts that they, they have there and you just uh, pick up the, those that uh, you think that transfer these values. And, and then you can choose one of them that is best showing those values. That's it. I mean, uh, if you uh, do it once, uh, you get you get the the technique, and it's uh, it's like riding a bike. Basically, you start and then you uh, improve. Do you have a library of your favorite fonts that you? I mean, because eight I think Google Fonts now have probably more than eight hundred uh, different uh, fonts, and that's a lot to to scroll through. Not to mention uh, custom fonts. So, do you have kind of 
a library of personalities of fonts <laughs> that you save or, or do you reference uh, do you research other websites and see what fonts they're doing like what's kind of the best process here I think uh, first of all you can choose which you you know in advance and For instance that for children you're not looking for a serif fonts for instance so you can eliminate this uh, section so it, it reduces automatically so uh, it's not actually 800 and above it's it's much less and frankly w- when you you just scan it really rapidly you, you you know what is suitable and what is not suitable and after you pick up like three or four of them then the hard work starts because you need to see which you font from those three four fonts is more suitable is like the final step is much harder than just scanning the fonts and picking the ones that might help you because then you have to be really really precise but actually you know it's not so hard you think it's harder than what it is and and it's fun another aspect would be also feeding or matching your images in the website to the font and Is that another process that you go through? How, how do you go about this? Well, there are some ways that you can do it. One way is to match a typeface that says more or less what the picture says. Let's see. If we have a uh, man in a suit, right? Uh, you wouldn't like to use... A jumping sense a comic sense <laughs> yeah it's easy uh, you would like to use uh, uh, a font that will say that will act in the same manner as the picture acts uh, it's a bit abstract what I'm saying now because every every time you have to to see the picture in order to understand what is the spirit that comes out of it but it would be like uh, one example that comes in mind would be you know fairy tales mm-hmm. it's always gothic gothic uh, fonts yeah. typography and then the images are like really middle medieval days or yeah, yeah it's kind of cliche and you can use it if you think it works for you uh, there are f- a few ways of choosing the right type uh, one of them is to use the cliches what I prefer usually is to 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 think about the values of So that was the fir- the first way of choosing the font as how I described the man in a suit and you choose the uh, a font in a suit if I may say it like that. But another way of choosing a font to the same picture would be uh, maybe adding to the values that come out of the picture more values that the picture lacks. So it's, it's like uh, if you want, this man to be serious right and the picture shows this man's very serious uh, seriously uh, but you want to add uh, a lighter aspect to the website because actually this man in a suit let's say is a comedian right he's a very serious comedian but he's a comedian so we we may choose a typeface that will add the humoristic aspect to this picture picture so you see is like talking about design basically is very hard because you have to see the design in order to react to it and to, to, to make the right decisions so it's like very when we talk about it like it's very abstract now so it seems very hard but it's 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 less hard than than what you think 
Well, this might be a, a good time to talk about what we are working on together, sort of a sneak peek to what's uh, to come. So we partnered uh, with you and we're actually creating a series of interesting topics that relate to design and typography. Can you tell us a bit uh, about it? Well, I can say I'm, I'm extremely excited about this project. I'm really happy to meet this company, which is Elementor, which I think it's brilliant. And I think that I just arrived at the right time because you are now, it's like, climbing the hill in a fast mode. It's unbelievable. And for me, the whole subject of designing on the screen is extremely exciting because I think that today we have so many possibilities that we didn't have even a year ago, uh, like uh, variable fonts, like fonts in motion, like uh, uh, very strange fonts that we can use in order to demonstrate different values and even ve very complicated values. Also, this uh, the, the screen behaves quite differently, as we talked before, uh, uh, from uh, print. So it's very interesting to see what are the new possibilities. And because I'm, I'm dealing, uh, part of my work is dealing with experimental aspects of typography, this is like in between commercial and experimental. I mean, thinking about the future of type on screen, with you guys, I think it's, it's very exciting. It's in the middle between being very free, it's like artistically free, and between being very like uh, down-to-earth, midway uh, designers. So, so I hope that we will be able to come up with interesting topics and to demonstrate them and to have conversation about the future of typography on screen together with Elementor. So this is definitely exciting. Uh, before we talk a, a bit more about the future, what can you share about the common mistakes that you see designers make in regards to typography or design in general? And uh, yeah, how can they fix that? It's it's very wide uh, subject, so I don't think that we can really enter it. I can say that there are certain ways of of uh, making the design process much easier that we now uh, face. I face when I see the work of young designers. One of the things that we already uh, noticed that when we design a, a website, usually a lot of designers go straight to uh, the known. I mean, they start from something that is uh, almost uh, banal. And this is very frustrating for the designer himself or herself, because when you start like this, you, in a way, you know, design process is, is something which uh, we do because we want to solve problems. And when we go to the banal side of design, it is as if that we give the process to someone else instead of analyzing the uh, specific problems that we face in this specific website that we design now. So I think that if I can say it in a very general way, the hardest thing for a designer to do 
is to understand that every website has its own problems that he or she may solve. And this is a very good uh, starting point, and this will release us from obeying, if I may say it, to a banal or regular solutions and so on. So maybe my answer is slightly general, but again, when I said that it's very hard to speak about design without seeing the design, uh, you will understand why it's so general. I think I, I understand what you're saying. It's like you do have to have some sort of approach to the standard you you have to utilize the standard in some way but you you can't take it I, I I'm thinking straight away of sitcoms or rom-coms when you have the the this template of, of a movie or or a series that if it's a hundred percent expected and you use the same plot lines then it's not going to pick up but you you can't on the other hand you can't go rogue and just do do things without a plot exactly you have the basic structure but then the basic structure is never enough you invent every time that you design you invent invent certain solution for certain question or certain problem so I think this makes the design process so exciting I think I think this is uh, my reason to wake up in the morning every morning and to go to the studio and to design something new because you are able to just like an actor actually you are able to change personality and to solve problems of an audience that you may never meet again or you have never met before. And I think this is uh, extremely exciting and, and, and the fun side of design. That's great. And we would like to, before uh, wrapping up, we would like to ask you, um, in a world that the written word is disappearing, is vanishing, and video and visual take its place, how does it affect typography? How do you see the typography world, let's say, and I'm being uh, uh, careful here, like, in 10 years? Well, this is a very, very good question. Uh, you know, a few years ago, I had a solo exhibition just around this subject. What would happen to typography within 10, 20, 50 years from now, or even 100 years from now? I think that typography will not disappear entirely, but it will change dramatically. And I think that it already started. The thing is this, we prefer visual. We prefer a storytelling through video and we read less and less. So the question is whether you start to cry about it or you just jump on this uh, new way of, of thinking about type. And I think type will have to, and it already starts to do this, have to rely more and more on its visual appearance in a new ways, in, in even, even unimaginable ways. Uh, let's say type that is combined with, type, with, with video in such a way that you cannot divide between those two. It's not type on video or video within type, but type that it is a video and video which it is a type or a type that has a very strange shapes that tells you a story and so on. That means typography will change dramatically in the sense that it will not be enough just to write a word on a screen, but you will have to do a lot of other stuff in order to keep people interested in what is written. 
So we already see the beginning of that right now, nowadays, with, as you mentioned, variable motion. fonts and motion, yeah, typography, right? Yeah. Plus we're going to have emoji books, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, again, it's, it's uh, some ways that contemporary designers try to solve uh, contemporary needs. And again, uh, this leads to answer or solutions that might be completely different from what we imagine how typography will look. It's, it's like life is sometimes stronger even than, than our imagination. But uh, we already start to see it in some uh, ways of, of distorted type, of type that is appearing in a different way than, than we thought it could appear. And, of course, images that you mentioned and, and all others, other aspects that are now being thought about but haven't been out yet. I'm, I'm just watching uh, the TV series Killing Eve, and there, oh, they have the, the big opening title has a, a drop of blood that goes that drips from the... Typography itself. Yeah, well, this is a solution that we already saw. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, as I said, solutions will be um, much more radical. It, they will be much more fundamental until the, the, uh, the day that might be that the, the shapes, the, the basic shapes even of the letters will change into some kind of Morse Uh, 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 system or something like this. I mean, new era ask for new solutions and we are just uh, ahead of this. Maybe alien technology is going to Might affect be. us. Like <laughs> <laughs> so, Oded, thank you very much. Uh, typography is something that once you tap into it, it's like a, you discover a whole... It's like ocean. an ocean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like an ocean of information and uh, we're happy to have you helping our users uh, along the way. So uh, it's exciting. Thank you very much, guys. And where can uh, our listeners uh, get to know you online? Well, I will be happy if you will enter my site. Uh, the name is very easy. It's odedeza.com. I have uh, a Facebook uh, page. I have an Instagram page. So all this uh, uh, is open for you, and I will be happy to host you there. Thank you, Oded. Bye-bye.